nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Kareem Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Hello and welcome to a historic Managing Madrid podcast. You hear that enthusiasm? It's amazing. After a very forgettable game, which uh, Real Madrid lose to Raya Vallecano. We lost. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But we were kind of watching you, kind of not. Um, the team looked like a mess defensively, offensively. Didn't look very creative. Um, Yes, now, there is a there is a there is a gaining theory here among the Pandian supporters that uh, Real Madrid threw that game to support Rayo Vallecano's promotion or uh, making sure they stay in La Liga. So joining me up here, Kian Sabani, is Christian Paredes of Pandian Madridista, Sur de California. Hello, everyone. Also to my left is Pandian Madridista, San Francisco Bay Area member. President. President. I was getting there. President. <laughs> Kenneth Jamora. So this is really cool. Uh, this could either be a disaster or, or epic. Um, hopefully it's the latter. It's the first time we've ever done this. We're looking to do this if we can in the future, do a tour of the U.S. We yes. Pena's all over the country, which we'd love to meet. Um, in many ways, this is also kind of me exposed because I've never done this without my notes and tactical analysis of the game. This is just pure raw uh, Maridista chatter. So we're going to kind of get into it, but at first I want to learn more about the Peña here. Uh, so Kenneth, can you please tell us a bit about the Peña here, how it was founded and what you guys do? Sure. Um, well, we were founded, well, we, we kind of, well, I cut up. We, kinda, we got together in 2014, a group of uh, people. Uh, there's uh, Kermit over there and uh, Morat, um, and then we uh, were just, we were unofficial at the time, so we just started like just meeting up. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I saw over the years, like this is like 2009, 2010, was there wasn't a Real Madrid presence in the Bay Area. I mean, yeah, there were Madridistas here and there, but there was not a, a collective meeting place to go watch like you know, Clasico or you know, even the Derby for that matter. Um, and so after 2014, when Madrid came to Berkeley, um, and I believe you were there, Christian, um, and a lot, many people here as well, um, we saw a sea of Madridistas, and it's like, why doesn't San Francisco have a Pena? And so, you know, I, again, I met, uh, you know, like-minded people like Kermit and Morad, um, and, and oh, and Karen, yes, yes, Karen. Karen's not here. With, she's our secretary. Um, and uh, here we are. Uh, Twenty sixteen, we became an official Pena, and uh, thanks to the help of uh, you know Sud California and Kristen Paredes um, and the team down there. I mean, we're we're here. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. Now you're here. Woo! 
fantastic. And uh, Christian Paradis, you've been on the show before. Um, first time having the pleasure of meeting in person. It's, yes. it's, it's, an, it's an honor. Um, I've also interviewed you for my book, which will come out at some point before I die. It's taking a long time. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, the Pena in LA. Yeah, um, so our Pena was created in 2012. We had a, Real Madrid was playing the Galaxy over in uh, StubHub Center, and uh, it was a preseason game. And I wanted to recognize Michael Breton, who's sitting in the crowd, and also Solomon yeah. Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, he's a member, Solomon, former board member. Um, so, in that game, just like what Kenneth was saying, I saw over 20, 25,000 Madridistas with brand new jerseys. Mm. And we won the game 5-1. It was right after we won La Liga de los Records, which was 100 points, which had never been done yeah. before. And so we set on the, the path to create an authentic and traditional penny in Southern California. I felt that it was important to represent the biggest club in the world in Southern California. They were coming back, back, and back for preseason visits. Um, and we grew. Yep, yeah, they definitely will. Um, and we really have a, a terrific base. Uh, we became officially recognized within two months of submitting paperwork, which is unheard of. Nowadays, Pena's trying to become officially recognized. They go through a rigorous process because there's so many Pena's trying to become officially recognized at the club. And we have a terrific membership. So before I forget, sending a quick shout out to the members of Pena Maleta Sur de California, as well as yeah! all of the club that are listening to this podcast. Let's continue our Pena. It's a very important thing. You know, we support the club, and, and that's that's how our Pena got started. L.A. Shout out to LA. Everyone in California, all you guys, I know you guys, uh, some of you have made long trips from San Jose, LA, OC. I mean, I don't know the geography of here very well, but I know it's not a quick trip, so thank you for coming out uh, and, and supporting the show. So we were, while the game was going on, and I know I chatted with a lot of you guys, and a lot of you guys kind of were chattering about trying to diagnose the team's problems right now, because I think for all of us, we're kind of looking forward to just pressing the fast-forward button a little bit. And whether it's to look at the transfers or ahead to next season and the changes, who knows what they are. I mean, a lot of theories. Um, I was mentioning to uh, Nader uh, before, before the podcast that, you know, just speaking to, to Sid Lowe when I saw him, he thinks that while a lot of people think there's going to be a revolution at Real Madrid, that there's actually maybe only going to be two or three changes. So no one really knows, and obviously trying to read Zidane's mind is very impossible um, because he's a very unpredictable coach, both like his tactics on the field, but also his player selection and all that. So we're not really sure what's going to happen. But we were trying to diagnose the team's problems, and it's a bit kind of mystifying that you kind of look at this team play right now, and there seems to be, it's, it looks a bit lifeless, right? Whether it's missing hunger, uh, whether it's a confidence issue, seems to be a bit of both. I know like, yeah. it's hard to kind of bring it to the front and say this is the problem, because it probably takes a bit of a holistic approach. Yeah. What stands out to you? Maybe we'll start with you, Christian. Well, the thing that stands out to me is that these, these remaining games that the team has this season, I would have taken it if I were a player that my head would be on fire because I want to continue to play for the club and I want to maintain my position moving forward into next season, especially with Zidane coming back. But from what we've seen the last few weeks, it hasn't been there. And it just seems that there are players that are looking for another future outside of this club and some that are thinking that they might. It's a lot of uncertainty out there. It's very disconcerting for us because we're watching these games. We want to win every single game. We expect to win every single game. 
but we don't see it on the field. So it's very difficult to you know to see that players are not putting forth 100% effort that they should. Even though we're not going to win La Liga, we're not going to win Copa or Champions League. It's just they're playing out and going through the motions. I think that's the biggest thing that I've been seeing, and that's disconcerting for the coaching staff because they have to make the hard decisions for next season. Yep. Is that you know, okay, we're finishing up these games, but then the next new season comes in, we're starting from a ground clean slate. We want to win next season, and so who's going to be the one that's going to stay on the boat that's going to want to put forth their full effort? Kenneth. Oh gosh, that's a, that's a really big question because, um, you know, us Madridistas, uh, we expect the best out of our team, especially, you know, with the legacy and the amount in the players and the trophies, you know, those of us that have been to Bernabeu know our history, right? Um, so, like, we've, using a, using a stock market analogy, I mean, I almost feel like we're in a correction, you know, like here we are, like, five Champions Leagues and, you know, a couple La Liga titles and a plethora of, uh, of Club World Cup titles and as well as a few Super Copas in there. I mean, we, and, and Copa del Rey as well. Um, you know, we've got used to winning winning a lot. And um, unfortunately, we're not the same team, you know, and it's hard to sustain that same team, you know, like year in, year out. And, in, and for us to do it for at least five years, even more, is pretty amazing. However, uh, again, like I said, this is a correction. I feel this is a correction. Um, yes, we're a shell of what we once were. Um, however, knowing our legacy as Madridistas, I mean, we'll come back. That's that's what I believe. <clears throat> like, yes. It may not be, you know, with Cristiano, obviously, he's moved on. It may not even be with Sergio Ramos next year. And that, you know, that hurts. I know, right? But you know, we, we, we have to we have to like start getting used to that like we're going to be a different team going forward. And uh, I believe in Zidane. You know, he has that winning mentality. He may not be the best tactical coach, but he definitely knows how to manage players. And you know, he's proven that for the last you know three or four years. So uh, these are all great points. I mean, I think, and it's it's hard for us to obviously pinpoint it. Um, I was having a Great conversation. Uh, sorry, I forgot your name. Ryo Morad. Sure. Morad. Um, life of the party. I really enjoyed yes. meeting you today. Uh, <laughs> and we were just kind of discussing like the the dark ages, you know, like and how maybe we forget that, you know, if you go back historically, Real Madrid is not a team that wins every year. No. Um, and while we win a lot, and so much so that no one wins as much as we do. Even still, those standards are hard to maintain every year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Moad brought up the nightmare that reminded me of Camacho, yeah. which was the biggest disaster in Real Madrid history, if you ask me. Because he, he, twice he was a Real Madrid manager, and both times he just left after like what, a week or two or something? Yeah. Well, the first time he didn't even coach the team. Right, yeah, he didn't even get to the. Uh, and one, he, after six games, and he left, and he said, he, you know, Mariano Garcia, Mariano, the goalkeeper. Right. But one thing I wanted to point out was going on through this year, I think it's never happened in Madrid history that they went through three coaches in one season. Right. This is very mm. Right. So, and I think that's an interesting point, to, a good point you to bring up. You can say four, too, because Zidane quit. You know, it's almost the same. Yeah, Zidane twice. You can say So I think that's a really good point. And because you were also speaking about kind of the, the team's culture and ethos, the identity, and the sporting, the sporting direction. 
And that's something that I really believe in as well is um, it's very hard to form your identity if you're shuffling through managers, right? And not only three managers, but three managers that are vastly different in philosophies. So you have Lopetegui, possession-based, counter-pressing. Um, great, if it works, it's, it's actually quite beautiful, but obviously it didn't work and it wasn't efficient. Uh, Solari, who is the complete opposite. And uh, obviously bringing a bunch of fresh players into the team. And, and you know, he, he left his mark in a way. We saw Vinicius and Regulon and Llorente get playing time. That was, that was a big part of Solari's legacy, I think. Um, and then bringing back Zidane. So there's, you're almost starting the culture from scratch constantly when you do that. And because, so like I always bring up the uh, Manchi at Sevilla. They always have so much turnover with players and coaches, but Manchi always makes sure the identity is ingrained in them. So the coach that comes in fits their philosophy. The players that are bought fits their philosophy. And that's something I, I feel like we've, we've been lacking historically. And with the winning we had in the last three, four, five years, it kind of masked it. And I'm not saying we, we didn't play well. I'd say it was magical following this team in the past half decade or so. It was really like unforgettable memories. Last season, it was, it was the worst of the title winning seasons. And I think, I don't know, Christian, I'm curious. Did you, did you see any of that coming? That's why we're supporting Well, what we experienced over the last four seasons, in my estimation, is the second best dynasty in club to history. Because we won five in a row in the 50s. If it wasn't for Juventus knocking us out in the semifinals, we probably would have won five in a row and tied the team from the 50s, which I remember when I became my least in 2000, I went to the museum and I saw those videos from the 50s. I was told from socios, from madrileños, from fans of Madridistas, they were like, we're never going to see a dynasty like that again. Mm. We, we actually did. Yeah. Very close. Mm. You know, we were unbelievably in, in, un, unbeatable in Europe. Now, domestically, it's a different story, obviously, but what is the thing that sets us apart from the rest? What sets us apart is we go after Champions League every single season. We want to win Champions League. The other clubs, they go after domestic leagues, they go after domestic cups. We go after the big one every year. That's our standard. No other club can claim that. They actually lower expectations on Champions League. We don't. That's, that's why it's such a high level of expectation for us to win at such a high level and why we are so successful in that competition. And we just witnessed it. Unfortunately, this season has been really, really difficult for all of us to watch. I mean, all of us. But we must not forget what we just witnessed. I, I never will. So this, there's what you mentioned also with the prioritizing the Champions League. It's kind of a polarizing idea too, because obviously, famously, Guardiola came out and said a few weeks ago, uh, the best Real Madrid teams, uh, or sorry, the best teams in, in the world, and he, and he listed like five of them or three of them or whatever, and Real Madrid was not in his list. And the reasoning was because they don't win the, the league. And so that's obviously, you could agree or disagree with that. You could disagree because you could call him, well, Petty, he's just, if he was winning the Champions League, he would have think, thought it differently. Um, but Zidane himself has come out and said that La Liga is the most important trophy, right? So clearly, I think, while my personal opinion, if you ask me what's more important is the Champions League. If we, if we go 99 years of winning the Champions League every year with no La Ligas, I still wanted to win the 100th time champion. That's just my personal preference. But there's no denying we're thirsty for a league title. And get, winning a league title also means you're consistently good, right? Yeah. Um, I'm also just curious to know what you think about, you know, where, 
I don't. Th- I, I also I, I'll come on and say I don't think the club actually says we're going to prioritize the Champions League. That's why we win. I don't think it's. I think it's crazy to think Real Madrid doesn't go out and try to win every game. I think they do. Right, they do. You think they do or they don't? Financially, financially, Champions League. It's more lucrative. Yes, prestige. Yeah, prestige too. Yeah. And La Liga for him doesn't mean it. Kenneth, where are you on this? <laughs> oh, how can I say this? Because both of you raise really good points. Um, I, I believe that the Super Bowl is more important than the conference title. Okay. Okay. So if you equate that to league titles as, you know, as a, a, you know, a conference title and then the Champions League is the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, the, the Super Bowl is more important. Mm-hmm. But the, here's the thing, like, we don't have to answer to Guardiola, you know? He's, answer, he's basically picking apart, like, our weaknesses. So, and making that, like, the front and center topic. I mean, we win what we win. And, you know, fortunately enough, we've won 13 Champions Leagues. So they can't say, well, you know, well, you know, that's not important. You know, let's, let's, make, let's make La Liga titles more important because that's what I, you know, what Barcelona has won or whatever team he's on. Like, we don't have to answer to them. We just do what we do. It would be nice to have a, a, a league title. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's great to celebrate, you know, that at the end and, you know, have, have everybody, you know, um, you know, there and add that extra trophy to the Bernabeu. But I'm sorry, like for me, as Christian said, like the Champions League is what defines us. We're the kings of Europe. And yeah, we don't have to answer the worry all of it. We have a hand in the back. I just don't want to... Uh, forget about it. Yes, please. I wanted to say, if I may, you were missing the most important point mm-hmm. about the past managers that this gentleman has got now um, was saying minutes ago. I think the most important point is the the change and shift in the managerial reality that Zidane now carries the ability and, and responsibility of picking and selecting his own club, which his reference earlier to Camacho was all about his inability to pick the players he wanted to fit his system. Madrid has long had a difficulty with its president being too assertive in the acquisition of players. Zidane used this season as a sacrificial season yes. to extract that responsibility from Florentino Perez into Zidane's hands, and we are now going to see that, like the, how you define time, either before Christ or after. <laughs> That's what it is today. That's what it is today. It's the Bernabeu. It is before the manager's ability to pick players and after. So everything in the past should be washed away like this sacrificial season. We should we should erase it and forget it and look optimistically at the future that Zidane is going to lay out. No, for us. no, no. It shouldn't because the mistakes were made and they these mistakes will come back again. And I think Zidane should not have come back. I think we should not. But why do you leave and you decide to come? That's my question. Okay, he so left, he left to get the power that he never had when he won not, three titles. He's not getting that power. Okay, so this uh, I have no idea if anyone listening to the podcast can hear that conversation, but I guess to summarize it as best as I can. So but you brought up the point um, the importance of letting a manager create the team in his in his shape, in his philosophy, and that Zidane coming back now. Theoretically means that he has that. 
Um, and why do you, th you think that that's not necessarily going to happen? It may or may not happen. Um, I think that is one thing. While I, while I don't think that Zidane necessarily would have been the best choice, um, I do believe in him. But I, I think we also have to wait and see. To, and that's a, what, something that the fans are excited about, right? That this idea that Zidane is back now means that he's back for a reason because he gets the reins to build his team in, in the shape he wants. Now, he may get it wrong, he may get it right, but I think he's earned the chance to, to build that team um, because, I mean, he's, he's the most successful coach in the modern history of the club. I think he's earned that right. I, I see some nodding and I see some disagreements and I'm very interested. Del Bosque, yeah, Never for sure. Never any respect. <clears throat> Del Bosque, yeah. and, and, and if... He got even, he, he, he was in the fire. His uh, contract was not renewed after right. winning La Liga. And, and after and that... The day he won La Liga, yeah. he was told that he was not... His well, contract not being renewed because he was old, old school. Right. Because he, he wasn't sexy enough. enough. He didn't speak foreign languages. Then they got the Portuguese guy. We never recovered because he was assistant yeah. to Ferguson, yeah. Yeah. and he never recovered from the shock that Madrid made him the coach. Yeah, and and, and basically what ensued Del Bosque, what ensued Del Bosque leaving was basically just a domino effect of constant coach changes, and the team just went into decline. The day Del Bosque left, the team went into decline. They did it to themselves. Yeah. So, so and they're not pressured. They didn't lose. They won. He won two Champions League. He won La Liga. And the guys contract that we have but these things they pile up. This like you were saying, forget don't forget the past because that's what Perez has been doing all this time. So what do you do? I get the I get uh, what's his name? Zidane back, we're gonna buy players again, win one or two titles, and then we go into the same problem. Because like I said, we don't we have lost the identity. Madrid identity doesn't exist anymore. I, I beg to differ, respectfully disagree. Okay, now, let's let's come from the Castilla, he knows the club system. He's gonna build it all up. He's not only focused on the post coach Castilla. Long enough to be called a manager of the Castilla. This is amazing because it's like real life Twitter. I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to bring uh, Christian into this because, so then the question is essentially now, what the debate is happening is, uh, has Florentino learned from the past? And has the club learned from the past? And, um, and also there's a question, real question is, with all of Florentino's strengths and weaknesses, I think you could argue his strengths outweigh his weaknesses because he basically lifted the club from, from potential bankruptcy, yeah, right? True. The image of the club, everything. Part two. And, uh, but I want to bring Christian into this, this uh, because I know you also know the club pretty well inside out. Um, you and I have probably both read the Real Madrid way, which gives you an insight oh, yes. glimpse of, of the club. Uh, but I want to bring you into this discussion. I mean, the thing is that Don Florentino was president from 2000 to 2006. He made a lot of decisions that you know we did not agree with, that we did agree with. Um, the one thing that you referenced, the Real Madrid way, which Stephen Mandis, if you're listening to this, God bless you. Phenomenal mm -hmm. book. Everybody, please go get a copy and read it. Here, here. I mean, honestly, in that period of time, he was bringing in players that we know, obviously. That we know the Beckhams, we know the Zidans, we know the Fibas, and all those big names that came in. But when did they come in in their career with Real Madrid? They came in average age of 28 to 29 years of age, which is past. You're at the tail end of your prime. So what did he change? When he came back in 2009, he got Cristiano at 24, he got Gerrida Zama at 22, he got players that became the pillars for this team that came and dominated the world of football, but he got them at the prime or before the prime. 
So he made a correction in when to sign big-time players and when to make it. Gareth Bale came on at 24 years of age. So right then and there, he made a correction in terms of the type of talent that he brought in. Also, there was that roulette that we saw from 2003 to 2006 where we saw how many managers, I mean, I lost count, actually. But in this, but in this decade, he kept Mourinho for three seasons, full seasons, and then he brought Z uh, Ancelotti for two seasons, and then he had Zidane come in, okay? After, you know, I'm sorry? Benitez. Benitez. Okay, fine, fine, Benitez, what, but then... What, 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 what did he do in 2006? He ran away. I'm sorry? Let's not forget that he ran away. Well, he didn't continue as president, he of course. Well, well, again. That was his first president. That was his first stint. That was his first stint. Now he's got a manager left. Anyway, so he's got that stint. So, so the thing is that, you know, obviously there's no such thing as a perfect presidency. You don't make every correct decision, obviously. But have there been adjustments and improvements from the first tenure he had in the double O's? Absolutely. And we just witnessed it. So I, I think uh, to look at it objectively, <laughs> Uh, because I think I think both sides bring up great points, to be honest. Because as much as I love Florentino, there's no denying that he's made mistakes. Okay, um, and I was I grew up during that era you speak of, and I was scarred as a child. <laughs> so so that's fine. And and he as as a figure, we know, and you and I have both met him. Okay. So, but he's uh, he's a very politically savvy person, he's a good business person, yeah. he's made mistakes, he's done things right, um, he has the media on, on his strings, on his fingertips, he dictates things, um, but also I, I would say that while he's made all those mistakes, and I don't think any club, by the way, gets everything right. So like, I don't think there's any club in the history of football where you look at it and say, oh wow, he, they, they didn't make a mistake selling that player or buying that player. Every club is riddled with these mistakes. Um, but no one has been as successful as Real Madrid. That's a fact. Um, but I also think I agree with Christian that in this in the last five years, six years, you go back to Mourinho actually, that he, you know, there's this idea that Florentino dictates things. Um, Mourinho himself had reins to build the team he wanted to as well. We can't forget that. And Zidane, for all we say, things have changed now. He's back. Didn't did he not dictate things in his previous stint? He he. He uh, went out of his way to make sure Kepa doesn't come. He didn't do any signing because he, he believed in the project and the continuity of the players in the last couple of years. It's not like we went and bought a bunch of players, you know? So, he's, so I, think, I think it's a bit naive to think that Florentino hasn't changed or, or hasn't learned from his mistakes, rather. Okay, well, next. One thing we also have to keep in mind is like, our 2016, maybe 2017 team, that was probably the best we've saw, seen of Real Madrid in you yeah. know, the last decade or so. Like how, the question we should be asking is how did we get there? Okay, what, what players were pivotal for those, for those champions? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like who brought in Modric? Who brought in Kroos? Obviously Cristiano was there, Benzema was there. Um, we had Lucas Vasquez, who was a young, you know, a young upstart at the time. Um, in the back line, we had Ron, who came out of nowhere. Um, he was like the anti-Messi for for the longest time. We had uh, obviously our the heart, uh, our captain uh, Sergio Ramos, and then we had Marcelo. You know, maybe not the most defensive player, but you know, definitely 
one who can like bring the ball up like in no time. And we had one of the best midfields like I've ever seen, you know, like Barna, you know. Marata Jimenez. Barata, yeah, and then we had people off the bench. Like who put that team together? That wasn't like a, a one-year project. That was a multi-year project. And that's what, you know, like as much as, you know, we were used to that, we have to see that happen again. And, you know, we have to make those small incremental steps in order to get to that, the third Galacticos or the fourth Galacticos. You know, that's, that's what I believe. I wanted to open it up a little bit more to you guys because I see like hands waving and also it's hard for you guys to, you're just so distant from the mic, I don't know if the, the people listening can hear it. But you had your, your hand up. Did you want to, do you want to actually talk in the mic? He already, he already said it. Oh, he, okay, so. For that. Do you want to come and speak in the microphone? Please? Yeah. No. Everybody, here we go. <laughs> Just go in bed. Perez. We need to call her 2000, was it? 2000? Yeah. Yeah, 2000. Yeah, yeah, first one. Day yeah, 2000. What was the first thing he did? Figo. Yeah, Figo. Yeah, but besides that. That's the, the selling. What people forget. And the training how, grounds. Now, that, that's why I know that he doesn't know about football. Mm. He sold Yeah, that, that, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was back. And uh, look, the Redondo thing was heartbreaking for all of us, you know, and, and because he was a legend, and... He has an interview recently with a Spanish... Uh, Redondo? Argentinian yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Person. Yeah. I, I'll find it. Please, please send it over. Yeah, it's very good. Do you He's read one. Spanish? Do you read Spanish? I can. Yeah, I can understand. So, but so he is. Uh, he doesn't. He, he doesn't even hold any grudge, but he said, couldn't believe that they did that to him. Yeah, and uh, I remember. But he did because the dream of Del Bosque was to have Makelele and, and Redondo, Redondo together. And he said nobody could beat this. Team. It would have been. It's one of the biggest what ifs to yeah. have those two legends no, together. But we got out of bankruptcy. So. Yeah, so won a Champions League after that. Yeah. Not so that that Redondo worked. Not only did, was Redondo a legend, okay, but his yeah. character was very respectable. Yeah, and so I remember there were there were protests in the streets when that happened. It somehow worked out for us, as you said, right? Yeah. Because Redondo unfortunately went, got injured really badly with Milan the next year. Yeah, he was thirty one. Uh, he was thirty one at the time. He used to get paid when he was. He was a bit older. And he used to get paid when he was. And Mac, yeah, that's right. And Makaleli turned out to be one of the greatest defensive midfielders of, of all time. So it worked. It worked out. Yeah. Um, we, 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 we traded for Beckham. Yeah. Oh yes. that, that was one of the reasons. I mean, that, that was also that. And we, that combined with losing Del Bosque was part of the decline, essentially. Um, yeah. But the Redondo point, I mean, but how, how many years ago was that? No, I'm not just saying. It all starts like that. So I think to me the point is. No, I think we lost the game. If you don't win La Liga, sorry, if you don't win La Liga, you lose the Champions is an easy thing to win. It's a short no, it's tournament. Not. I don't agree. Yes, with it that. is. No, it's not. You have, you no, have. Goals. But how many teams oh, have won no, the Champions League? No, no, no. Fine. Yeah. You have, you have decisions no, you that go against. Yeah, but we're losing with Leganes. No. We're losing with Levante. To beat in Turin, three 0 and come back home and lose three 0 and then to a penalty. You know things like that. Just a lot of it was that's luck. part of that football. A lot of it looks like so. There's, Christian, there's I, I, also I, another thing to add there. Like you see, small teams that they only played one time in Madrid, they played the best game ever. They I, like it's like nothing goes bad because and they, 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 they yeah yeah. But also like it's it's like you're you're a player from a team that is about to be relegated, 
and you come to the Bernabeu. You're like, I need to get as much exposure that I get because I need to leave these teams about to be relegated because I'm better than this team. Okay, I'm going to... see that. Okay. And we see that Now, what you said a minute ago, you said it's easier to win La Liga than the Champions League, correct? I say it's easier. I said that's what you said. I said the team... Okay, let me yeah. let me throw this at you for a second. Let me win. Okay, it's a okay fine. Tournament. Okay, fine. So let me let me throw this at you. If you lose, if you lose, if you lose three games in Champions League, you're out yeah, of the tournament. Now, now, hang fine. on, hang yeah, on. Now, La Liga, you can lose three, four, five games, and you can still win La Liga depending on the results of the other teams. Yes, but in Champions League, you're out uh, completely. But, but, but if you if you if you disregard your Liga. Totally, and you concentrate on just the Champions League all the time. That's the team that has this identity. No, the teams connect. Ajax, Ajax that won three, three European Cups. The Bayern Munich that won three in a row. Liverpool, and I could tell you the Milan, okay. and all of them. They were winning their, their okay. league first and because that was the rule. Okay, I wrote it's about actually. I wrote it was the rule before. It was because in 1955 to 19, I wrote. A, it's not a I wrote. Team. Excuse me. I wrote a, I wrote an article about this. Hold on a second. From 1955 to 1992, unless you won the, the European Cup, you had to win your Champions League. Okay. Now, the team in Spain that won the most La Ligas in those 37 years was not Barcelona. You know who it was? Real Madrid. They won 21 Ligas. And the next team, no, hang on. The next team that won the second most was Barcelona with six. Now, within that period of time of winning 21 La Ligas, we won six European Cups, and Barcelona won zero. I, I, I submit this to you. If the UEFA changed the rule back to make it so you have to win your league to be in Champions League, Real Madrid, no, no, hang on. Real Madrid would re revolutionize the program to win La Liga, and they would prioritize La Liga every single season because they want Champions League. What, what that's that because that's what happened before. Why, why is that? His priority is Champions League. The prior, because because now it's a, you're able to go into Champions League as the top three, now top four in La Liga. So you have a so you have a high standing. So you have a high standing. So Real Madrid puts out a team that's able to finish in the top four in La Liga, and they're qualifying for Champions League every single season. There's more money in the Champions League. That's it. And that, there's more money. There's more money. There's more money in the Champions. Hold on. Let talk. There's more money in the Champions League. Bottom line. There is huge corporate. Solomon, Solomon, Solomon. I just listen. Zizu said he wants to win the league next year. Okay, that's good. Let's do it. Let's do it. You're right. It's been a, it's been a long time. Yes, we can say we're glorious, a luster, the white Champions League, the whole thing. It just fits us like a hand glove. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we dominate. We do need. We do need. We do. I believe. Emphasize league again and build a team kind of like we did extra depth 16 and 17 but it's about money that's why the top teams in europe want to have the super league that's the only reason they yeah, want to break right. away from their league because the money is in the international europe kind of co-super federation where they want to have this kind of like uber champions league and that's perez with the oligarch of the certain owners and clubs and countries want to do this. So, you know, I'm excited for this next year. I think Zidane, part one, he man-managed three Champions Leagues. It was, it was, you know, 
He's good tactically. Some people disagree with that. He had Ronaldo at the right time and the team, and they gel. Now he's going to be judged by building a team. So this is, and it's fascinating to see this, and this is great. It's exciting because we want to see Zidane to have some, you know, decision-making power and get the players that he wants. So, yeah, I think Keon told Diego Lorraine. Diego made a good point. It was a, it was a terrible season. We're not a terrible team. And yes, we're down. There, you got you, you know, it's hard to sustain the winning of the Champions League. So you have to have a will. So um, that is it. <laughs> I'm gonna sorry, Kenneth. Yeah. I was gonna say, uh, I'm just gonna add to the, what everybody's been saying here. But like, you know, none of us have a crystal ball. None of us like knows like what's gonna happen in the future. All we can do is just make you know hope that we have the right personnel to get us back to where we were, you know, in, you know, the last three years, it's not going to happen overnight. And I, you know, and that's, that's a hard thing for me as a Madridista is to have the patience, you know, like, you know, to wait for that. Yeah. But, you know, we, we endured like 12, you know, 13 years without a champions league, you know, until where we are. 32 years. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, I'm not going to root for another team. I mean, we could, sorry, I know I'm like, my, no, no, go my thoughts are, are kind of like everywhere. I mean, to focus on a, on a title, I mean, we could be like Juventus, right? Winning year after year after year the title, right? And then only to go with the Champions League just to, like, I'm sorry, to, to kind of bow out early. Or we could be like Madrid where it wins, you know, a few titles here and there, but we win the Champions League like four out of five years in the past five years. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to choose Madrid, you know, Madrid's model any, any day of the week. Yeah, would I want to win, like, win a league title? Yeah, sure, of course, you know, it's, it's bragging rights, it's macho head games, it shuts our, our detractors up, you know, but like, I'm sorry, that number 13 on our, on our Champions League sleeve ends all conversations in my opinion. It does. It does. So I'm going to suggest we change directions a little bit. Sure. Um, first of all, are there any questions that might take into anything else? Okay, so one, uh, one talking point that came up when we were just discussing off-air among us was Pogba and Ericsson and Hazard and all these guys. And, uh, and Nara, you were, you were saying, we were talking about Pogba. And, uh, I was a bit concerned with someone like Pogba because, like, on one hand, and this, this is me just being transparent. On one hand, uh, I trust Zidane. On the one hand, I'm worried about which direction he goes in in terms of the player selection and who he keeps and who he brings in. Pogba worries me only because I don't think he's a leader, and this is something that this team lacks. Now, I guess the serious French in the World Cup final. This is the thing. So, yeah, if 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 the why I think I would talk myself into it is because. You bring him under Zidane, the exactly. French connection, like you mentioned, exactly. and you can get the World Cup for him. We have to keep in mind France was a very well-organized team that had a lot of pieces from Kante to Matuidi okay. to, to Gris, Griezmann pulling strings. Can um, watch a Madrid like France? What's that? Would you want to watch a Madrid play like France play the World Cup? It, was, it wasn't bad. They had their moments. They had their moments. <laughs> Like, they had their moments. No, they were successful, man. And no one was on their level at the end. No one was on their level. Yeah. 
they want it. I mean, I France I has many it. World Cup players. They have two <laughs> deep on each position, world-class players. So the, the question is for Pogba to work, is what I'm saying, is that you need a lot of pieces, I think, around him that also, it's, it's a machinery. Yeah. And so you need, you need help, helpful people who can create in the final third, help him out. You need defensive players to mask his lack of defensive tracking and defensive work, which I am kind of worried about if Zidane can go in that direction. Fully trusting him, but I'm a bit worried about, especially if we're going to lose players like Marcos Llorente uh, and these guys who bring that stability and balance, that technical ability in the midfield. Marcos is up. He's not going to be in that. I know. He's on his way to Colombia. Yes, please. Yes, please. It's a somewhat of a controversial question. Do you think that Zidane shows favoritism? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Who does? With players that does. Yes. With some players. But that every coach does, they don't Well, they're they not robots. Coaches are not robots. I mean, yeah. they, 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 have, they do have preferences over yeah. certain players and other players. But we need to understand, if he doesn't pick those players that he wants to play on the team and play in Champions League, do we win those Champions Leagues? I mean, that, you know, he puts the guys that he thinks are going to win those games. I mean, we have to understand that at the end of the day, we want to win. You know, and he wants to win as well. The thing is that, the thing, the thing is that, uh, no, I, I know, I, I saw him say that. The thing is that, Everyone talks about, in the media, with fans, and all about, oh, we should get this guy, we should get that guy, we should get this guy. It turns into like fantasy management, like a video game. I mean, like, oh, we can sell 10 guys and bring 10 new guys in. The thing is that when you think about bringing someone in new, let's say it's called Pogba for a second, who do you sell to put him into the lineup? That's what needs to under, we have to understand. You're bringing someone new. Well, Frozen okay. Mojo, but that's not. Sell. But that's not part that's of the, your question. No, no, what I'm saying is that that's not part of the discussion. The discussion is who comes in, who comes in, who comes in, who comes in, and we don't talk about the back end. Where okay, we bring this guy in, then we're taking minutes away from somebody else, or we have to sell someone that's in that midfield that's not going to get the minutes because this guy is coming in. So it's it's that that needs to be part of the discussion. And obviously, there's a lot of holes that need to be filled. There's a lot of things that need to be changed for next season and beyond, not just next season. It's not only one season. Um, so that's that's the thing that I kind of you know look for, you know, in trying to see how how do how how does Zidane and the board make the next dynasty for the next decade that we'll see. I think it's going to require patience. I think I think fans are going to have to be okay with the team not looking that good next year as well because we we look at. You know, it's, it's a it's very possible that we're just going to be growing things next year as well. It's not going to be a smooth transition. So we talk about you said we talk about like who's coming, who's coming, who's coming, who's going to come out, right? We're talking about Hazard, Mbappe, Pogba, so who's in the in like I mean, in Spanish, in la cuerda floja, who's in like that in the same train? Who's Asensio, in Isco, is it Madrid, Tony, Ceballos? What are we gonna do if we bring Hazard? We're gonna sit. All gone. We're gonna sit Vinicius. We have like, an amazing talent. We're gonna sit him down, and we're gonna lose that talent. There's these things that, yeah, you yeah. Just, like, we oh, never yeah. discuss about the out. We always discuss about the ins. That goes to Sid Lowe's point. Is just yeah, that's true. No, yeah, there's. I, I don't think any of us know the answer to this, right? No, yeah. So the thing is, this is what we were talking about. This is what we're talking about. Is that all this? All people want is to spy players. And we go back to what we discussed earlier, is that we don't have a sporting project. Right. That's the problem. So deeper problems. We don't have that, and we don't have, Madrid doesn't have a uh, system anymore. There's no a Madrid school of playing. You hear of Ajax. Ajax, what they did to Madrid, I was in the Bernabeu, I witnessed it. Be right. That's, yeah. 
that's that's a school. They believe in their way of football. Doesn't matter. They win, they lose it. Barcelona, they do the same. This year, they're gonna probably win the treble again. And this oh, is it. This is, what we, this, it. This, no, it's okay. <laughs> this is what we're missing. There's no sporting project, and there is no system. There's no Madrid school of play, football, nothing. Talk, ask anybody how does Madrid play. Nobody has a question. No, I, I think we all can agree with, with that. With that. By this guy, by this guy. Even, even in Madrid, I was in Madrid after, after the Bernabeu, after the, I watched both games, Classico and, and Ajax, and people like, by this guy, by this guy, by this guy. And I was like, do you know about football? Do we have this? There's, no, there's no one player that's like, going to solve our problems. Yes. Well, so, and, and, and I always bring up the point, like, when we lose games to Rayo, yeah. you don't need to tell me we need to buy Hazard and Mbappe to be Rayo by Hazard, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. so, <laughs> And so, like, every time, right, every time, right, right, I kind of would kill to have, like, Sabayos coming off the bench, you know? Oh, yeah. So, there's obviously deeper problems, like you mentioned. I'm just being conscious of the time right now. I have to go to the airport soon, and many of you have uh, long trips back as well. So, uh, well, it's called the airline and postponement. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you, we'll get you um, so, I, I think it's a good place to wrap it up, actually. Um, so I want to thank you guys all for coming out. Thank you so much. I'd also like to thank uh, the socios uh, and thanks uh, Suda California. I'd like to thank uh, the staff at the Chieftain. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, Keon, uh, Manager Madrid, for coming, coming to our home. Today. It was my pleasure. And uh, many of you guys should know that Kenneth went out of his way to make me feel at home, picking me up, giving me gifts, and uh, very kind of you and the Pena and, and also Christian for coming down. Surprising when I saw your beautiful bald head walk in. I was, I was, uh, <laughs> you think I missed this party? <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited to see you. So thank you everybody and Hala Marie! Hala Marie!